episode two of the School of Podcast here on the Climbing Podcast, Podcast Network. My name is Tyler Fornis, and with me today is a guy who is incredibly knowledgeable when it comes to the NFL draft and a good friend of mine, uh, BR's Connor Rogers. Connor, how are you doing this morning? I'm good, Tyler. I appreciate you having me on, man. It's always good to catch up with you, and it's we're getting to that time of year where it's time to talk about the draft, and especially uh, with the teams that you and I closely follow, the quarterback specifically. Absolutely, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on, because uh, you being a Jets fan uh, are one of the only fan bases that can really relate to what the Vikings have to deal with, never truly having a franchise quarterback. Uh, uh, Is Chad Pennington the closest thing you've had to a franchise quarterback in your lifetime? I mean, yeah, probably. With Chad, you know, obviously things started out really, really good, and the shoulder injury kind of altered his career, and he was still a solid player, but he was never – the same player and one that, you know, would have had a long, long successful career if he didn't, if he didn't suffer that injury. So probably, you know, obviously the funny thing is they really haven't taken a ton of big swings to find one until recently. I mean, you have Sanchez that didn't work out. You have Darnold that hasn't worked out, but that's over 10 years of trying to find the guy. And those are their two big swings and and they didn't work out. And Sanchez, they gave him every single avenue to succeed, you know, league's best law, offensive line and run game, league's best defense. He just he just didn't have it. And with Darnold, it's been the exact opposite. So, you know, there's been a lot of stop gaps. You know, you have the Brett Favre year, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Josh McCown. Uh, it's, a, it's a pretty ugly list as it goes on and on. And it's, it's interesting to see if, um, you know, if this is the year that they actually get it right. Oh, and we're kind of in the same boat. Our The closest thing we've had is Dante Culpepper. And after he tore his knee in 05, it was pretty much downhill from there. And just trying to fill in the gaps, this Vikings team has decided we're going to build the entire team and then throw a guy in a quarterback. No matter who the owner is, no matter who the front office is, it's always been consistent that way. It's They can win in spite of the quarterback. And then with this great team around, they decide to take that real swing and bring in Kirk Cousins. And his volatility is one thing that has Vikings fans really torn. And I'm sure you have the same thing with the Jets fan base and Darnold. The, the Jets haven't focused on Darnold, and he really hasn't been given a, a true opportunity to succeed. And he's shown some flashes, but you're just not sure, and especially with this draft class coming up, is it really worth giving Darnold another year when you could possibly get a guy like Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields uh, but relating to Kirk Cousins, you know, kind of what are your thoughts on what the Vikings should do and if, with how volatile he is, is it worth keeping him? Yeah, so, well, it's tough, right? When you look at it, it from both spectrums of this, you know, obviously with Darnold, it's, you know, he's been exactly that. When you look at Darnold, he's been a guy that has struggled in his own right and struggled in a sense that they haven't put enough around him and then when you look at you know your situation with Kirk Cousins obviously he's somebody that has really had his his like most guys a a ton of success when things are really right around him when you lose a couple pieces things can go downhill really quickly you know there's there's only so many guys in the league like Russell Wilson Aaron Rodgers you know Mahomes is we believe Mahomes can do it, but since Mahomes has stepped on an NFL field, he's been put in a perfect situation. Like we've seen Russ and Rogers 
thrive with very little at times. There's only so many of those guys, right? And I think every team and GM wants to find those guys because it, it gives you the insurance in case things fall apart, right? Number one receivers go down for the year. Uh, top tackles are the Cowboys. Their offensive line's dismantled this year. Injuries happen, and if you have a guy that can uplift the team and win on his own, then that's special stuff. Now, the problem is it's not easy to find those guys. Now, where the Vikings made interesting choices, they went all out to pay Kirk Cousins in the realm of being one of those guys. So when you pay someone a a salary in a salary-capped league, right, as a player that is somebody that can do it on his own, you're cutting a piece of pie from somewhere else. You know, if you have a, a rookie quarterback deal and say the quarterback is making obviously like under 15 million and then compare it to somebody, you know, like a cousins that might make 35 million. Well, that extra 20 million can go a lot of places. You can get a starter on the offensive line and you can get a a pretty high end wide receiver. And that's just two different ways to show it. So I think with both of these teams, and for the Vikings, it's a little difficult, right? And I, I know you you are all over this. The contract with Cousins is kind of a scenario where if they keep him next year, then he, his money's going to kick in for the following year. And if you don't keep him, you're basically in an insufferable dead money state. So can you find a trade partner? Not likely, unless you, you send a pick you know, with him and, and maybe Kyle Shanahan. Uh, the rumors are true that he really likes him. And then with the Jets, it's it's – because they're so bad, it looks a little easier for Joe Douglas, right? Where you're in a scenario where you might just be picking number one and Trevor Lawrence is staring you in the face. And whether you believe in Sam Darnold's talent or not, we haven't seen it translate to the field. You just take Trevor Lawrence. So that's, that's the, the hard part in, you know, doing this for each team. It's not that easy. Now, when you look at the Vikings, there's also good things about having Kirk Cousins in place because you, you said it, Earlier, you have someone in this draft like Zach Wilson that might not go one or two. He, you know, he probably won't, all being honest. But could he go in the top ten? Yes. And is he a guy that maybe you want to sit him for a year behind Cousins or something like that? That's an ideal scenario for a young quarterback. And the same could be said for Trey Lance. Trey Lance is a guy that has all the talent in the world but really did not get a college football season this year besides one showcase game. And, you know, had one great year before that. He, he's a little raw. And the, the level in competition is going to be an adjustment period. So you could kind of see where I'm going with this, that there's pros and cons to both sides of this and how you play it. it but at the end of the day, it, they both are still very, very tricky situations because one has, you know, the Jets obviously being a situation where you're playing, putting a young quarterback in the spotlight immediately as a savior to start. And then on the Viking side, you don't necessarily have to do that, which is nice. But then you're also trying to figure out the financial impact of it. So the the overall theme here is being a GM in the NFL and finding the toughest position in all of sports is not an easy task. No, you're 100% right. And our biggest issue with Kirk Cousins is there are times where he looks like a top five, top 10 quarterback. And he's just like, wow, this guy is incredible. And then he'll look like borderline starter. Uh, where it's kind of the Ryan Fitzpatrick thing where he'll just look great and then he'll just like, like, okay, that's why he's a journeyman. And that's kind of where our frustration lies. But the way this offense is playing now, it looks like he may stay. So 
it's going to be really interesting to see what the Vikings do moving forward, but I kind of want to jump into quarterback evaluations because one of the things people talk about a lot, especially uh, those who are trying to get into the scouting realm, is college production. In your opinion, Connor, how much does college production really matter? Because you'll see guys like, say, Colt Brennan, who just put up like 5,000 yards, 50 touchdowns, and then they do absolutely nothing. And a Josh Allen, who threw for less than 2,000 yards his senior year, is just lighting it up in his third season with Buffalo. How much stock do you put into college production? Uh, So it depends, right? Now, it doesn't matter. Yes, absolutely. It matters. And, you know, obviously, if you take a guy that play, you know, look at Mitch Trubisky, right? Mitch Trubisky was somebody that was a one-year starter at UNC, had a good year, but you had one year of tape and you got to go find the games that matter the most to you playing in the ACC, things like that. And this is Trey Lance is going to go through this as well. So production matters because you, you could see, obviously, a lot of different things translate to winning on the field. Now, now tools matter the most at the position, right? Look at a guy like Jordan Love, who, you know, had two pretty good years of starting. His last year, he turned the ball over a lot, but he, you know, he's, you can see on tape, he's playing hero ball. It, teams didn't really fear that necessarily. Look at Josh Allen at Wyoming. He's somebody, and Justin Herbert from Oregon. Now, Herbert's a little different because Herbert started for three years and was better, actually, when he was younger. He just didn't have a great senior year. So, Production matters because I think production can tell you, can a guy run the offense? Can he get in the rhythm? And can he use his tools effectively to run that offense to score points to win games, right? And that sounds so simple on face value. But when you look at it on the counter side, if a player does not have a lot of production and you're constantly waiting for you know, these tools to lead to that production, you are projecting and there's risk in that. And there's a lot of guys that come out each year that might've been one year wonders as pass rushers or might've only had three and a half sacks, but have a great three cone and look the part and look disruptive at times, but are very raw from a technical aspect, especially with their hands. Those are things that you, you have to take into account here. So it's, it's a piece of the pie, like everything else. Analytics, production, film, traits, athletic testing. These are all pieces of the pie, and they all have a seat at the table. You just have to know how to use it wisely. I think that's a really good way to put it. And the, kind of the last part of the, that QB evaluation piece, uh, traits versus scheme fit. Now, I think traits are – is something that you have to take really seriously, especially when you're talking about like the Patrick Mahomes of the world, because that's really all he had coming out of Texas Tech, because we didn't know if that air raid offense was truly going to translate and the things that he was asked to do. But scheme fit is something that I know the Vikings are going to really take into account when it comes to any kind of position, because they don't really take the massive swings at the top of the draft. They take him with the Daniil Hunters of the world in like round three with those high athletic upsides. Uh, as far as scheme fit, what degree do you really believe that it matters when it comes to these NFL franchises and taking a quarterback? Well, it's tricky, right? Because the, there's what I believe in and there's what teams believe in. And then there's just the overall, you know, consensus across the NFL. Now, my thought is, well, here's what's interesting, Tyler. Number one, a lot of teams that are going into an offseason 
with top picks that are probably going to take a franchise quarterback more often than not, it feels like they're also hiring a new coaching staff, right? Now this is when you need a GM in place that knows what he's doing more than anything to align those things. Now, I mean, we can go through it, right? Like Greg Roman is somebody that has had rare success with mobile quarterbacks that were raw passers. And what I mean by that is when Colin Kaepernick came out of Nevada, he was somebody that was viewed as a very, very raw passer in terms of accuracy, but had a lot of physical tools, arm strength, mobility, playmaking. And Greg Roman is somebody that helped elevate those skills. Tyrod Taylor, a little bit of the same. Lamar Jackson, absolutely. So if you're looking at this draft and you're sitting here and going, well, we think uh, now he's proven this, you know, to go the other way, but we think Justin Fields is an explosive runner, but we think he's a raw passer. Now I think he's, he's not looked raw this year as a passer. I think he has, he's accurate at all three levels of the field and he's going through his reads really well and all of that. But I'm just trying to use an example from this class. Then you're looking at a guy like Greg Roman that has can run read option can run a lot of outside running, you know, different variations, whether it is gap or zone, whether, you know, whatever you believe in, whatever, cutting the field in half, you know, rolling and rolling a quarterback out a lot of different things where, and then you get like where it matters what the coach thinks. Right. So scheme matters. Absolutely. But you also should be tailoring your franchise. Like, this is what I don't understand. This is the perfect example, actually. I, I don't know how it took me this long to get to it. The Jets drafted Sam Darnold number three overall, right? And Adam Gase was not in the building when they did that. They had Jeremy Bates, who did it. Darnold looked his best down the stretch with Bates as a rookie. That was Darnold's best stretch, in my opinion. And Darnold is a guy that is very good on the move. He looks more comfortable throwing on the move. And that means you need to roll him out. You need to use play action. You need to get him comfortable enough to improvise. And the Jets went out after his rookie season looking for a new coach and hired Adam Gase. And they thought he was a quarterback's guru. Adam Gase's offense, when you look at Peyton Manning, Jay Cutler, Adam Gase's offense, and this is why Ryan Tannehill failed, with Adam Gase because Ryan Tannehill is an athletic moving quarterback. Adam Gase's offense is a drop back pocket passing offense, which quite frankly is getting, I don't want to say phased out of football, but it's losing. It's, it's overall, you know, commonplace. And Darnold has been horrible with Adam Gase. So these are the things that you need to think of, right? If you're looking if you have a coach in place, like Andy, this is why Andy Reid is Andy Reid. Andy Reid, for a while, has worked with mobile quarterbacks. I mean, look at the resurgence that Michael Vick had when he came back in. But when, when Reid was, you know, in that transition at Kansas City where they were looking for the next quarterback, they saw Mahomes and said, this guy can move, and he's the best at throwing on the run that we've probably seen in our lifetime or in this last two decades. And we know we have the infrastructure in place to give them a year to get familiar with concepts that we want to run, but we're also going to take some college concepts and bring them here. This is the thing that college coaches struggle with. So it's interesting. Scheme matters and scheme fit really does matter 
And that's why a player like Lamar Jackson falls to the end of the round one, because a lot of coaches sit there and they go, I'm not going to build an offense that my quarterback is relied on as a runner. And I think that's a really poor thought process. And I think that's why the best coaches in the league utilize their quarterback's traits. And that's why they're the most successful. Uh, I, I think you did a really good job kind of delving into that, uh, especially with Darnold, just the, the frustrations of having a, a coach that doesn't maximize it, his best abilities is uh, just uh, staggering as far as like, just, it just doesn't make sense. Uh, yeah. It's, so, it's been very frustrating to witness. <laughs> oh, I, I can't imagine. Um, before we get you out of here, man, I just kind of want to do a brief overview of some of these quarterbacks. Obviously we have the top tier, you know, the Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields. Uh, I, I don't think we need to spend much time on those. Those guys are self-explanatory. They're probably going one and two, and they're just – they're 1A and 1B. Um, but this next year is probably going to be where the Vikings are picking. You've got like, Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, Kyle Trask. You know, that, how would these guys translate into a Gary Kubiak-style offense? Because as much as Vikings fans want it to change – I don't think he and Zimmer are going anywhere this offseason. Yeah, so I think when you look at it, number one, sure, we know Kubiak with outside zone running. You know, Dalvin Cook looks like the best running back in the league right now. And from the now what you ask from the quarterback, I, I, you want to work a lot of play action, right? And I think with play action, you want somebody now that can push the ball down the field. Now – you know, this is where it gets interesting, right? I think Mac Jones, ironically, has – and he, I'm not a big Mac Jones guy, but he has thrown the deep ball very, very well this year and has executed in play action very successfully. Now, the guy that makes the most sense to me, but I don't think the Vikings will ultimately end up in the range to select him here, is Zach Wilson. Because Trevor Lawrence is going to go number one. Justin Fields is going to go number two. You know, we'll see Trey Lance and Zach Wilson are kind of neck and neck here. I don't view Trask and Mac Wilson as round one quarterbacks right now. Round two is fine. I don't think they're round one quarterbacks. And sure, they could succeed in Minnesota's system with such a run-heavy focus. But I think you should want more if you're a Vikings fan. And I look at Zach Wilson, and this is somebody that there is no throw on the field that this guy does not want to make. And He's explosive pushing the ball down the field, and he's explosive in the intermediate game, and he moves very well. And if you can add some wrinkles into that play-action system where you're, you obviously have a very well-developed run game, but when the run game is co- – you know, play-action works no matter what. That's what a lot of people don't realize, whether the run game is effective or not. But when you have an extremely effective run game that the defense has to sell out to, play-action is even more effective. And – Zach Wilson is somebody that moves very well and throws very well on the run and has the touch accuracy on the deep ball, on the intermediate ball, on the run uh, to really function well in that. So he's had a meteoric rise and Minnesota is not, there's a lot of bad football teams in the NFL this year. And Minnesota is just not one of those real, real bad teams. They're not the Jets. They're not Jacksonville. They're not the Giants. They're not Washington. You know, they're not Atlanta. They're, and they've been bad, but they're not that level of bad where you're sitting there and going, you know, oh, we need to blow this thing up or, oh, we're going to be picking top three. So they're going to have to get a little creative. 
but that would be the guy that I'm sitting there looking at and going, God, we get him in here. He's gonna, he's, he, it's good for him to sit behind Cousins coming in. I really do believe that. He was coming back from an injury this year after whatever kind of year at BYU. Looks healthy, looks great. Give him a little more time. That's the ideal scheme fit in my eyes. Yeah, and Vikings fans are just enamored with Zach Wilson. And, you know, a lot of people use comps and they try and just make identical comps. I kind of use them as play style. And I don't think it's an identical because I don't necessarily think he has a ceiling. But when I watch Zach Wilson play, he reminds me a lot of Patrick Mahomes with a lot of, with the oh, off yeah. platform, the maneuverability, the cannon and just accuracy. And I really hope that he gets to a place that can nurture him like Andy Reid did. And I think he can really thrive because I'll be honest, last year he was fun bad. And this year he's taken an enormous step because I know he's a film junkie and I hope he continues this trajectory because he could be fun for the next decade. Yeah, I think so too. I really do. And it's been fun to, you know, we, we have a quarterback every year that has this kind of rise and this has been one of the more fun ones. And, you know, I can remember kind of since Baker Mayfield. Oh, yeah. there's it, It's usually those Oklahoma guys, but uh, Spencer Rattler's not draft eligible this year, so it looks like Zach Wilson's going to take that. Is there any other quarterback in this class that kind of excites you, Connor? Like the Jamie Newmans, the Desmond Ritters, Shane Bouchelles that might be able to um, – take a leap as the season moves forward and get in contention for a late first, early second? I don't think that high. I think Bouchelle does a lot of exciting things on the field and just won't have the physical tools that teams look for in round one. Jamie Newman is a guy that we have to watch because he didn't have a season and now he's going to the senior bowl. And I really, really like Newman's traits. We just haven't gotten to see him on the field this year. And I wish we did at Georgia and, and he's somebody that has the talent that somebody on day two might sit there and go, hey, we could sit and develop this guy. So, you know, there's no secrets or surprises right now. But I think Newman is the most mysterious kind of guy heading into this process. No, I absolutely agree. Connor, where can the people find you? And uh, what do you have in the works right now? So at Connor J. Rogers on Twitter, uh, you know, doing a ton of stuff for Bleacher Report going to start announcing some new stuff coming to Bleacher Report hopefully pretty soon and of course all the draft work and and all my Jets specific work is uh, on the Badlands Patreon we do podcasts articles all kinds of different stuff so if you follow me on Twitter um, you you pretty much can see all of it right on the timeline well perfect Uh, I I appreciate your time Connor thank you for uh, sharing your insight on this quarterback class and skull